few verses in John's Gospel, chapter 14. We'll read verses 16 through 18, and one verse later after that, John 14, 16 through 18. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I, now notice that Jesus is speaking, I will come to you. Verse 25, these things I have spoken to you while I am still with you, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your Remembrance all that I have said to you. You and your Bible. You and your church. And tonight you and that person who is real. You and the Holy Spirit. How's that relationship going? Or do you even have a real relationship with the Holy Spirit? That's a valid question. I don't mean are you truly saved. You know, there are married couples who do not have a close growing friendship relationship. I'm talking about a close growing Friendship relationship with the Holy Spirit. Is that, is that strange to you? Is the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ comfortable to you, but you rarely pray to or commune with the Holy Spirit? How intimately, how much, how well do we really have relationship with the Holy Spirit. It's a great need today among Christians to be consistent in the Scriptures, consistent with their church, and to have a real experiential relationship with the Holy Spirit. You, I, we all need more relational growth to, for real experience with the Holy Spirit. We are to experience Him more. We should focus on Him more. We must study and view Him rightly to be open to Him and to experience Him more consistently. Now tonight I'm not here to teach you about the person and work of the Holy Spirit. I'm here to call you to embrace Him and welcome Him afresh.
in your relationship with Him and to receive a fresh relationship all over again, to relationally begin more to rightly relate to Him. Does that make any of you uncomfortable or is that strange for you to think in those terms? In John 13 through 16, Jesus is having His final time with the disciples, ending three years of relationship. It's transition time. So he's going to be with them one final time. What would you teach them one final time when you're being with them? What would you emphasize as most important? In this upper room discourse, Jesus' last Bible study with the 13 who are present, and he focuses on three great realities in his final time with them. He's leaving them soon and who is he sending? Now this is all rooted in, in Philip's request before. Show us the Father. So the Lord is taking them to a deeper level of in this transitional moment. Because it is transitional. He's been with them. He ends his teaching. They come to the upper room. And after this... He's going where? Gethsemane? A mock, illegal, wicked, brutal trial in the night and then to Calvary's Hill. This is big transition. And we ought to view it as transitional if we want to understand the the promise of the Father, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit because the gift of the Holy Spirit is the new covenant reality that the Lord is transitioning here. He camps out on three things. If you read 14, 15, and 16 closely, he camps out on three themes. God is Father, the Holy Spirit, and prayer to the Father through Him. Now think about this. The Old Testament rarely speaks of God as Father. There's references, but... Less than ten, I think five or six maybe. Jesus always did, didn't he? He came speaking Father language. Always. He taught about the Father. He taught them to pray to the Father here. And obviously in in what's called the Lord's Prayer. The Father in these three chapters is mentioned 40 times. The Holy Spirit, 15 times. Prayer is mentioned 10 times. So He's drilling it into them. He's branding it, these things, in their understanding in these moments. The believer has God as His Father. The Holy Spirit as His indwelling and constant companion and unlimited access to pray to the Father through the Son, by the Spirit, and the Father and the Son will answer prayer. That's the heart of these three chapters. That's what he's leaving with them, them with as he goes. The Holy Spirit is mentioned 15 times in this discourse. Now, Joe, though Jesus had spoken of the Holy Spirit through the three years at times, 
This is a new level, a new emphasis, a permanent transition because now their relationship is not going to be with Jesus. It's going to be with the Holy Spirit. He is going to be in them and with them because the Holy Spirit is replacing Jesus on earth. Now just think about that. Jesus said in John 16, I tell you the truth, it's to your advantage that I go away. But for if I don't go away, the helper won't come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. In other words, he's replacing me down here. He will glorify me. He will take what is mine, that is, what is about me, and he will declare it to you. Listen to this statement. What Jesus was to the disciples on earth, the Holy Spirit is to us now. That's right, isn't it? What Jesus was to them on earth, relational with them, teaching them, correcting them, leading them into more truth, being their guide, their friend, their Lord. What He was to them then, the Holy Spirit is now to the believer. Relationally, our relationship with the Holy Spirit is so relational He can be lied to as a person. He can be grieved by what you do or don't do. He can be quenched by your actions. And it affects Him. God the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit are persons and they have emotions too. They have perfect feelings. And we can affect and wound and hinder our relationship with the Holy Spirit. We have fellowship and communion with Him. 2 Corinthians 13, 14 says, He loves us, Romans 5 says. Now, you may rejoice in the love of God and the love of Christ, but do you ever... Think about the Holy Spirit loves me. And do you ever thank Him for loving you? The love of God is poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. He's the one who teaches us and strengthens us. Everything that God has done from Genesis 1 to the end of time and the final consummation and creation of all things, everything God has ever done has been by the Spirit of God. We must relate to Him as a person because we have a relationship with Him. He's with you. And He is, of all things, in you. You, as a Christian, are the temple of the Holy Spirit. That's amazing. We ought to never get over that. Your vital relationship with the Holy Spirit. Realize these facts and believe them and appropriate them and practice them and live them. You, as a Christian, are sealed and indwelt by Him, the person of the Holy Spirit. The gift of the Spirit is the promise of the Father to every believer. You are 
the temple of that person. He is your Lord. Though he's not called by this title, he is Emmanuel now, God with us. Jesus is not here. Jesus of Nazareth, Lord and Christ, is enthroned in heaven. The God-man is reigning tonight, wherever that is. He's physically not here. But the Spirit of Christ, the Holy Spirit, is here in the church, always working, and He's with and in every believer, always working. He is your Lord. He's in us and with us. Now, think about this. His empowering, the promise. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you'll be witnesses. What do we know of that power? How many times have we experienced it? What do we know of it in... evangelism and and being a witness. What do we know about it in mortifying sin? What do we know about the experiential working of the Spirit? What do we know about Him helping us to pray because we don't know how to pray as we are? Empowering and daily fullness. Don't be drunk with wine. Be always being filled with the Spirit. If it's a sin to be drunk with wine, it's just as much a sin to not be full of the Holy Spirit. Pray to Him. I want tonight you to go away with the reality. I have a relationship with the Holy Spirit, and but I need to cultivate that. He needs to be more real to me in His Trinitarian work of glorifying the Father and executing all things in redemption and opening the Bible to me and illuminating my mind and renewing my mind and teaching me and quickening me and helping me put sin to death. I need to nourish my relationship with Him more because it's not what it should be. To welcome Him, to pray for more of Him, and to yield intentionally to His control. What do we know of these things, really? Are they real to us? Do we practice them? Are they ever on our minds? Like the hymn that says, Holy Ghost, we bid thee welcome. Source of life and power thou art. Promise of our Heavenly Father, now thrice welcome to my heart. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Holy Ghost, I welcome thee. Come in power and fill this temple. Holy Ghost, I welcome thee. Do you ever take the hymnal, go to one of the, the sections on the Holy Spirit, and pray those and sing them? This is real relationship. Praying to the Spirit. Do we pray that way? We sing it, but do we believe it? And do we pray it just as much? Praying to the Holy Spirit as freely as you do to the Father and the Lord Jesus. <coughs> I had a dear friend of mine, a preacher in another state, and I was talking about praying to the Spirit, and he took issue. Oh, we're never, we're never told to pray to the Holy Spirit. Um, 
And I said, well, are there examples of praying to the Lord Jesus? He said, I don't think so. We're just to pray to the Father. I said, what about Stephen when he's being martyred? Lord Jesus. I said, listen, you may not find chapter and verse, but the whole reality of having, having a relationship with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, when you really feel love for the Lord and you want to commune with Him, he, he is not threatened. They are not threatened by you talking to any, any of them. Father, thank You. Thank You for planning redemption. Lord Jesus, thank You for coming and carrying it out and dying for me. Holy Spirit, thank You for drawing me with cords of love and awakening me to life and drawing me and indwelling me. Praying to the Spirit. This is, this is wonderfully liberating. Horatius Bonner again. Come, mighty Spirit, come. Penetrate this heart and soul of mine. As from the clouds drops down the precious rain, so from myself pour down a flood that freshens all again. The Holy Spirit makes freshly makes the Christian life one of vitality and reality and freshness and tenderness. Do you pray for the Spirit ever to descend on the meeting and the Sunday sermon? Do you? Why not? We should pray to Him. Change me. Quicken me. Strengthen me. Heal me. Be real to me, blessed Holy Spirit. Do we have this thirst ever, this hunger to pray those things we sometimes sing? Spirit of God, descend upon my heart. My heart and altar and your love the flame. Deeper, deeper, blessed Holy Spirit. Take me deeper still. Breathe on me breath of God. Do we pray these things in our daily walk? Do you ever consciously seek Him and His fullness and His power more? Keith Green sang, Rushing wind, rushing wind blow through this temple. We should pray that once in a while. Springtime's always time for a good house cleaning, good dusting, good good yard clean, cleaning the house. Our house needs often fresh light, fresh reality, fresh freedom, fresh courage. Fresh love, fresh wind, fresh fire, and the Spirit of God is the source. Don't neglect Him. Some of you need in your Christian life right now at this point to cry out desperately more for the Holy Spirit. Some of you need to be baptized with the Spirit and with power. Some of you need 
daily to be conscious of yielding your life under his control and to be always being filled with the Holy Spirit. Some of you need the Spirit of God to freshly help you mortify the sin that you battle. And Romans says, we by the Spirit do put to to death those things. Some of us, when we pray, should always remember to tell the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit we love Him. To some of you tonight, it might be that the Holy Spirit is a relational stranger. You're comfortable about relationship with the Father and with the Lord Jesus, but you don't view really or speak of a relationship with the Holy Spirit. We must cultivate our relationship because the Father loves you and the Son loves you and the Holy Spirit loves you. The Father and the Son and the Spirit are with you. Seek Him and His fullness more. Luke eleven thirteen. If you, being evil, know how to good gifts to your children, how much more will the Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? How often do we ask? How often do you ask? More, more, Father, more of Your Spirit in my Bible reading. More of your spirit through my life for the church. More of your spirit for overcoming. For courage to speak when I should speak. For life fragrance where others, when they look at you and you don't know they're doing it, they say, that is a godly person. They're different. I remember Don Whitney. You may know that name. He's written some books. He and I were in school together in the mid-70s in Texas. I was a classmate with him in a couple of classes. One day I came out of the dorm, and I see him walking across the grass carrying his briefcase. And I kind of knew him, but we weren't friends. But I was watching him, and it just struck me. He's a godly man. I needed to know him more. And he is. Your life, the, the unconscious influence on others can be impactful if you're full of the Holy Spirit. I don't have much more to say. I don't care about preaching a great sermon. I want to I want to give you tonight by the Holy Spirit's help a fresh longing for relationship with him. Is that what you need and want? I want us to sing and as we sing I want you to pray and seek the Lord. We're going to sing a couple of songs Make this a time of worship, a time of honesty, a time of letting your heart cry out, a time of consecration, a time of yielding, and ask your Father.
to give you more of the Holy Spirit. And tell the Holy Spirit, I am yours afresh. Lead me more into all that, I, that you have for me in my relationship with you. Let's pray and then we'll sing. Father, take what has been shared. Take your word and do in our hearts tonight, individually and as a church, what you want to do in our hearts tonight. Seal the truth. Breathe upon us, breath of God, with life anew. Open our eyes. Draw us with cords of love. Grant us higher ground, more reality, and more and deeper experience with God. In Jesus' name, amen.